spread love. Doom, 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 spread love. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview interesting people that you and I are getting to know together. This podcast was created to enlighten, enrich, and inform. The basis is to spread love and extend God's grace to yourself and others. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. I'm so glad to have you join me today. We have a really, really fantastic guest today. She was brought to me by our mutual friend. Thank you, Sarita. And I can't wait to get to know Sonia more. Let me tell you what stood out to me. We had a phone conversation prior to today, just so I could give her the gist of how this goes. And her laugh, it's boisterous. It's, it wakes you up. It energizes you. It lets you know that there is life to live. So I'm so grateful to have you join us today, Sonia. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Oh, well, that makes two of us. <laughs> so, Sonia, could you please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, my name is Sonia Coleman, um, or Soko um, is my artist name. I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am the youngest of four children. I was born and raised in Northern California, and I now live in the Mid-South, but I've lived in Texas, um, Washington, and I love where my life is. I feel like I am the late bloomer's bloomer, and I'm the underdog's dog. I am the person who's here to say that God remembers her dreams. I'm so excited about my life. I can't believe, um, but I believe it, all these things that are happening, and that God remembers everything you've ever dreamt. And sometimes when a dream is delayed, doesn't mean it's going to be denied. And I'm just so incredibly thrilled to be here. Wow, what stood out for me? And I'm paraphrasing, but a dream delayed doesn't mean it's going to be denied. I want to know, tell me about the dream that the Lord answered. Well, I think when I was five years old and it was unusual that, I guess, as a five-year-old, I told my mother that I wanted to save the world. Like, that was going to be my quest in life. And she's like, well, you can't save the world. Only Jesus can. And as a five-year-old, I'm thinking, well, doesn't he need help? <laughs> and um, and so my first sermon really was in when I was in kindergarten. And didn't even know that I preached like a little tiny person, Jesus loves you. And, and from that, I've been speaking ever since. So I've, you know, I've taught Sunday school. I've done, you know, multiple presentations. And, and I love to inspire and encourage. And, and it's just amazing that I'm still doing that. But now I'm doing it in a way that truly is fulfilled. Um, the current job that I have now, I'm a workshop facilitator. I create workshops, work readiness workshops. I get to inspire and 
the, um, develop individuals who want to do more in their lives. The other side of that is being an artist. When I was in high school, I was heavy into the arts and uh, photography, drawing, the whole nine yards. And so, but I kind of forgot about that. I mean, I was supposed to be an art major and I changed my major to marketing and didn't really think that I was good enough to be an artist. And here I am, and I call it fourth quarter, now pursuing both of those things. So yeah, I have so many questions in so many different directions I want to go in. So I'm going to take my time with this just because you are showing us that it's never too late. As long as there's breath in our body, we can achieve our dreams. The first question that popped up in my mind was, who taught you about Jesus? Because you said at age five, you had your first testimony. Who introduced you to him? And and why was it so easy for you to believe? It was my definitely my mother. My mother, of course, is a Christian and raised us really with the word of God. Like it's like every time there was a correction, like, you know, most kids get a spanking or whatever. My mother would say, what does it say <laughs> in Romans chapter? <laughs> and we had to go and get our Bibles and we had to read the scripture. And so even though I wasn't like, yeah, I believe in that. Yeah, I agree with that. It taught me a discipline. Like my mother taught me empathy at a very young age. And taught me core values in the sense that let the word be your core value. So even though, you know, I messed up like all children do. And as I continue to mess up, that that word is so heavy in me. Even when I strayed away and didn't want to be saved, didn't want anything to do with a church. It's something that never leaves you because that word becomes really real to you. It's one thing to hear the word. It's another thing to believe the word, but then another, and then there's a no whole other level when you manifest the word. And so we learned that as children, that Jesus loves you. And so it's like, I didn't even really know who Jesus was. That's all I knew. And I, I know Dr. King died. And as a little person, like, I wasn't really sure who he was. I knew that he was important. I knew that he was making a difference. I remember being inspired by the little bit that I knew about him. Um, And so I think that when I said that as a child, I think it really had something to do with some type of knowledge of him, that I kind of wanted to help him on his crusade or something to that effect. Very nice. Very nice. Now, you were talking about how you say this is like your your fourth hour. This is you are the underdog's underdog. It makes me feel like you've lived so much before, but now you're really present in everything you want. What was the pivot or the shift to get you to this moment? I think, you know, well, as you age, there's two ways you can go. You can go in the traditional route of retiring and thinking about oh, all the things I'll be able to do once I retire, or you can be like me or my mother and continue to live and continue to grow. My mother is 99 years old and, and she'll be a hundred in April. And she didn't slow down until she was like 98. So at 97, my mother and I were working on a flower and a vegetable garden together. 
you know, at 97, she's teaching me about how to plow with just a hoe because we, our rototiller was broken. Like I'm so inspired by her creativity and just how she reads, how she draws, how she writes. She hand wrote her whole life story longhand. Um, so I think I had a really good model in my mother and my father as well. Uh, he's no longer with us, but age is really just a number. And it's really about having the right point of view. So I think that I don't think of myself as getting older. I think of myself as exploring more and having more confidence than I did 40 years ago because I have more experience. And so experience breeds confidence. And the more you get experience, usually the more confidence you get. But the operative word is usually because you have to overcome all that stuff or nonsense that's in your head. And we all have our thing that we have to overcome. And but once you do, like once you press forward, then everything kind of becomes easier and easier and easier to accomplish. Mm, you're really on to something. Oh, I love how you how you said that your parents were great role models for you. And that with life and experience comes more wisdom, more confidence, more growth, or that desire. When did you stop allowing fear of the unknown of the outcome to stop leading you away from what it is that you really wanted to do? Like, do you have a pivotal moment that you can think of or a job that you quit? And this may not even be your story, but is that one for you? Was there a moment in time or a birthday or has it just been working its way throughout the years of you saying, no, you know, I've got more lives, more years uh, uh, behind me than I have ahead of me. And it's now or never, I'm not going to die fool. Yeah. I, well, I lost my job about, I think six years ago and um, I was laid off, you know, they eliminated the position and and I wasn't disappointed and I wasn't worried. You know, I had some money saved and I thought I could start looking for another job or I can take some time. And I continued to look for jobs, but I was looking for the right job and I had to take a job that I didn't like, but I had a break. And having that break, when you work as hard as I have worked and have how we all have worked, and I was what they call a star performer. So that's the person who's working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, I was a manager, uh, retail manager, over 20 years experience. So it's a lot of responsibility when you're a retail manager, as you, you probably already know. And so you become so into work um, that you don't have time to think or even figure out what you want to do. So when I lost my job, that gave me a break. And then I took another job, which was just a job like at Home Depot, which was great. It gave me time to kind of calm down and think about the things that God had put in my heart that I had forgotten. So I had that moment. And then with the pandemic, I got COVID and my whole family got COVID, including my mom. And my mom and I had a really bad reaction. Like I was off from work for a month and it really felt like I was going to die. Like it was, I had never been sick like that before. I had lost like 10 pounds in 10 days. Like I couldn't eat. I could hardly walk. I had no energy. And my friends and my coworkers kept calling me every day. 
which I thought was really helpful because I think everybody was really concerned about me and of course my family. But that experience taught me something in that life is not guaranteed and all the things that you're afraid of don't matter in the end. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, it's just kind of the pandemic pushed me forward to say, Sonia, you're only on this earth for a small space of time and you have to do the will of God. Like that five-year-old child, no child can say, I want to save the world. I've talked to so many five-year-olds. They don't usually talk like that. <laughs> I mean, no child can say that unless God puts something in them with that kind of capacity. And so the pandemic definitely said, do or die, it's now or never. And then just step by step, I started moving forward and really started going for what I really wanted to have in my life. That is fantastic. I always say, and I believe that the Lord works in multiples and you going through that and sharing this story is going to help me and anyone else listening to be able to take the steps forward, to be invincible, to pursue our dreams and our goals. If there were any words of wisdom or little nuggets that you could give us just to start that you've experienced yourself, what would those be? It would be. It's the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we'll look at success. And I'll, I'll use Oprah Winfrey, for example, because everybody knows who Oprah is and we love her. But all we might see is the Oprah successful. <laughs> we don't see the process that she had to go through to get to where she is today. Like nobody's seeing her making, I think she said $27,000 a year or being in, you know, a smaller station or all the mistakes that she, she had to make to get to the next level. So it's like, if you just do one thing, so for example, you know, an artist, I'm an artist. So the one thing would be for me to draw something or to paint something. The next thing would be for me to post my picture or whatever on Instagram to take that chance that I might be rejected or not get light. Then the next thing is that somebody saw my art and said, hey, Sonia, would you like to be in our art show? That happened to me twice. By me just showing my art and having the courage to do that, people said to me, hey, there's an art show you should be in. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to get an art show? Like, am I, an, I'm not even really, I, and I used to say, I'm not even really a real artist. <laughs> I don't have a lot of works. And, and that's why my, one of my hashtags is I am so called the artist because that had to be my confession of faith that I am an artist. I am an artist. I am an artist. I am an artist. And so it's that one step that led to one other thing that led to the other thing. So it's the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing, but you have to do something and it doesn't have to be big. You have to understand how the brain works. Um, I love psychology, love um, studying neuroscience. And they say that the brain does not know the difference between reality and fiction. That's why when we go to a movie and it's sad, 
And even though we know logically that it's a movie, we'll start to cry when the main character is killed, even though we know it's an actor and the actor is still alive because the brain thinks that it's real. So just that how easily the brain, I don't want to say is tricked, but how easily the brain is, I guess, manipulated, we can also do that to ourselves. So I say, I'm healthy before I'm healthy. I say I'm wealthy before I'm wealthy. I say I'm successful before I'm successful. I say I am an artist and a motivational speaker before I'm a motivational speaker. But what happens when I do that, the brain will go, why well, I thought you were a motivational speaker. Why aren't you writing anything? <laughs> or it'll say, I thought you were an artist. Where's your drawings? Like I will start to do that thing that I spoke about. How powerful. There's power in the doing. And thank you for those words of wisdom and shoot motivation. Just like you said, I am a motivational speaker. I am an artist. And I love that you said, have a confession of faith. It's like, you know, faith without works is dead. And also uh, believing in what's to come, not based on what you can see. Oh, and Sonia, I love that you were prepared. Like that opportunity met you because you had work. You said, hey, I'm an artist, but without the art, it's just words. And that makes people want to do the same, to be prepared when the opportunity comes. Thank you for that. Now let's talk about your art. What kind of art do you do? So I'm right now I'm all over the place, but I love it. Um, so I'm a disruptor, so I kind of do what I want to do. And most artists, you'll see that they'll stay in a certain style. And you'll be able to tell, like Picasso, you can recognize a Picasso based on his style. But Picasso had many styles. And so I kind of like Picasso in that he was really the person who did what he wanted to do. And so I hope I'm going to be like that as well. So I do photography, digital art, mixed media, oil pastels, and acrylic. And now I'm doing this thing called layering where I'm taking my photography and I'm putting art, my artwork on top of that. So I'm exploring a lot of different things. And right now I refuse to pick a style because I enjoy doing all of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you have all of that talent in your body, it needs to get out. Yes, exactly. But I mainly focus on portrait work. So I love a good face. Like I love looking at people's faces. Like I love when people have distinct marks about them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they'll say, oh, people say, oh, my nose is so big. And I'll think you have the best nose I've ever seen. Like I love stuff like that. I think what people don't think is beauty to me is beauty because it's what makes you unique. It's what makes you authentic. So I love like looking at people's faces. And I, and I be think when I'm talking to people, I'll think, I'm going to do a portrait with his lips or whatever, or her, you know, her eyebrows. Like I'm, I'm inspired by things like that. I love that. And I love that you said that, you know, if we would slack up and give ourselves a little more grace and just love who God made us, because God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. Then we could see the beauty in ourselves that other people see. You know, sometimes my prayers, Lord, let me see me the way you see me. And it sounds like that's what you do when you look at other people. Absolutely. When it comes to your portrait work, do you take on new clients? 
Yeah. So I do what's called an impression. So if you ask me to do a picture of you, I would say, are you familiar with my work? <laughs> and then I would say, I would do an impression of you. So it's a different, um, and some people like more realism and I don't do realism work. So it's more like the impressionist, which is my favorite period of art. I love impressionism. And so I'm heavily influenced um, by Mo Modigliani and of course, Picasso and all the other greats. So I, I do like some of their styles. So I think that comes across in my art as well. But I also do digital art. So I can do a, a photograph of you. And then from that photograph, I can do um, an enhancement or a, a digital version of you. Very nice. And can you tell me, like, what is the difference between impressionalism and realism? So, like, Michelangelo. Am I saying it right? Michelangelo? Yes, thank you. Michelangelo, his would be realism. So you, it looks exactly like a photograph. Um, so you, somebody's painting a photograph and it looks exactly like the photograph, except it's a painted version. So it's realism. It looks, it looks real. Sometimes some artists are so gifted, you can't tell the difference between the photograph and the artwork. So that's not me. <laughs> Um, impressionism is more like an impression. So the artist might look at you. And so if your skin's brown, the artist might see yellow, red, and green. And so it's like they're, it's like the artist has a eye point of view that they see that is hard to explain. It's like when I was in, I took an art class and the teacher said to me, Sonia, um, I want you to do this watercolor of the sunset or whatever. And so when I painted the picture, I painted the sky purple. And then the teacher said to me, Sonia, the sky is not purple. The sky is blue. And I said, teacher, I see purple. So it's kind of like you have your mind's eye see something different. Not that I couldn't paint the sky blue. But it's like, that's where I felt led to go. It's like, you know, Impressionism. Um, one time I was painting a picture and the art teacher said, um, you're painting with your right and your left hand. And the teacher said, are you right-handed or left-handed? I said, I'm right-handed. And then she was like, well, paint with your right hand. And I'm like, but my, the left hand took over. So, I mean, art can be kind of deep like that in that something really happens to the artists when they're, they're, especially when they're really creative, which is why I love hanging out with artists. I love talking to artists. I love hearing about their different muses. I love hearing about their techniques. It's just very, I don't know. It's like, in, it's hard to explain, but it's, you know it when you see it for sure. And if you looked up the, impressionist period you would see all the great impressionist artists and and back in the day what they were doing was controversial because people like realistic art and they wanted to take art to a different level they wanted to paint what was in their heart and so it really kind of changed the game for me because to me impressionists made me feel like I belonged so that period will always be special to me. What a great way to describe that. It's like trusting your own vision. 
That's wonderful. Sonia, how can we get to know more about you? Do you have like an IG or a Facebook page or a website or anything? Yes. So um, um, I have two sites for the art. It's Soco Art Studio. Um, that's S-O-C-O. And then, of course, Art Studio. And then if you want motivational, um, inspirational stuff, um, you can follow me at The Sonia Factor. And that's S-O. N-Y-A and then factor. And just to explain what that means, uh, when I was a manager, I used to keep a file and I would call it the Sonia factor file. And what that basically means is what did I contribute to the workplace or to the organization that made a difference? So here we're talking about like, how can you show up? Like, how can you make your environment better? So, like, what is the factor that you bring? I love that. How can you contribute? How can you show up? Wow. For yourself and others, I'm assuming. Yes. I have one more question for you. If there was one thing you'd want people to take away from meeting you, what would it be? Hmm. That... I really, really want to help people achieve their best in life. Like it's a big deal for me to help people to identify their gaps and then to help them come up with solutions to be successful. Like that's what I'm all about. Like that's something I'll talk to you until I'm hoarse because I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're not wanted, they're not loved, that they're not good enough. And then I hope that my art journey um, really inspires people to live the life that God put in you. Like you don't have to be an artist, but I feel like you have to do the thing that God put in your heart. And just the revelation that once you're doing the thing that you're supposed to do, that is funny how you're always going to have tests and trials no matter what. But it's funny how that having that purpose will help you get up in the morning and will help you do, will put a smile on your face and will help balance out your life. And that if you don't know your purpose, because for a long time, I thought I didn't know my purpose. Really, the process is your purpose. That you might not be doing art now, or you might not be speaking, because I'm not speaking all the time. I mean, I teach, so that's, I guess, I guess speaking, but I'm not like a motivational speaker, um, like getting paid for that or traveling. But sometimes it's the process that's your purpose. So even if you're not where you want to be or where you think you should be, you are. You are, because remember I said earlier, it's the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. So a part of that is process. So that process, sometimes you'll have jobs that seem meaningless to you. Like, what am I doing here? But God knows why you're there. God knows the lessons that you need to learn. God knows the path that you need to take in order to be ready for that thing. Mm. Those are beautiful words to live by. Yes, you are a motivational speaker. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. 
Sonia, I want to give you something that I give every single guest that I have, and it's truly heartfelt and appreciative. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. You all, I hope you heard it. And if you need something motivational to pick you up or to remind you how to show up for yourself, go to at the Sonia Factor. And Sonia spelled S-O-N-Y-A. I took so many nuggets away today. One, that it's never too late to do what's in your heart. Sometimes an opportunity that you think is the end is the beginning. Like when Sonia lost her job and she wasn't worried or stressed about it because she knew there was something next and how we're always in the process. And we're right where we're supposed to be to get to where we want to be. One thing I do love that you said, Sonia, you said, um, you know, the opportunities are there for you if you want them. And that if is it. Sometimes we can allow fear to stop us from what's available to us. And one thing God gives us is free will. And that free will can lead us down the path of everything that's attached to our name or to dying full because we decided not to empty all of the wealth that we were born with and learned from all along the way. So you have longevity in your family. Your mother is 99 years old. <laughs> I can't wait to see everything that you do with the rest of your years. And I want to be a huge part of that because I'm already motivated to be my best self and to go out there and do the things. Because you said you got to do the thing to do the, to get to the thing to get to the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful the Lord placed it in your five-year-old body that you wanted to save the world. And you're doing it in his time and not yours. You all listen. I mean, there's so many nuggets to take away. So if there's ever a day you forget who you are, please come back and listen to this episode and make sure you check out Sonia's IG pages, because I feel like in the coming days, we're going to need pickups or pick-me-ups or moments of motivation to remind us that what we want and desire is within our grasp and our reach. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. I love you. Till next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. See you next time. Bye.